Dan. Trey. I'm really, I, I gotta tell you, I could, this is the first time I've been, it's the first time in a couple of films where I've been really excited to talk to you about this because mainly because of the controversy that I feel like we're gonna have on, on this film. It's such a well-regarded film that I think saying anything negative about it means that we are, you know, it's all sacrilege in the, the eyes of the film gods. Yeah, I feel like this is the quote-unquote best film ever made. Allegedly. I gotta, t- I gotta tell you, the I just read that Rosebud, the line, Rosebud, is the number three line <laughs> on like the AFI most voted lines of movie hood, which is ridiculous if you ask me. <laughs> I wouldn't consider it a line either. It's a word. Right, correct. Correct. I think a line has to have a couple words. Anyways, let, let, let's do this. This is required watching where we watch the essential films from the list of cinematic influencers and look at them through the lens of filmmaking and how to move forward. My name is Trey Epps. I am Danny Taverner. And today we are looking at 1941's Citizen Game, written, directed, and starring Orson Welles. Now, I got to tell you, Dan, I... Did not know that was Orson Welles. I, I don't. I, I, the image in my head of Orson Welles was not the image of of Charles Fo- Charles Foster Kane that we saw on the screen. So it had took it took me all movie to realize that was that was Orson Welles. But did you have the young or the old Orson Welles in your head? I had exactly. I had the old Orson Welles in my head. So I, I just didn't for a second think that was him. I love that. There's like multiple Orson Welles. There's like the young yeah, playboy. And then there's like the old drunk Orson Welles, who's like drunk on like, like Johnny Carson. <laughs> I, I I definitely appreciate it. I definitely appreciate it. And just looking at just looking at Orson Welles' credits alone, I mean, we we know that this guy is a filmmaker that we are meant to to know and love. He's made a real big impact on on filmmaking, right? But yeah, but to, yeah like his yeah, like his credits. His credits on like directing and acting and and all like just his combined credits are absolutely incredible. Also, he, um, he was twenty six at the time of this film. He was twenty six when this movie came out. That cannot be more frustrating, right? <laughs> oh my gosh, that cannot be more frustrating. And we gotta say, we gotta say, like this movie we're talking about. This movie is about two to three years in the making. We, this has been on our list for a very long time, and we've just yet to to take it on and we look at we looked at it as such a big challenge we both thought it was like about three hours long or maybe i just I, said it was three hours long no i definitely just, thought just it was it was it was a daunting daunting movie like it's on the top of i'd say 90 percent of the lists that the the best movie ever lists it's probably, probably everyone's list, yeah. always in the top three at least very very high acclaim for this movie and 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 we we finally did it we finally sat down and watched this movie no kidding i'm kidding <laughs> sorry no it's completely fine because we both we, we said it just a second ago we both kind of have mixed feelings on it and I, i've seen this movie before i gotta admit i've seen this before at least once before i remember watching it in my adulthood in in college and not getting it <laughs> i definitely uh, this was my f- a very first time watching it there are parts of it that i feel like i knew just from pop culture like i knew that yeah. rosebud was the sled i think i've seen a couple of the scenes before but this was my first time seeing it start to finish and i really feel like i need to see it 
two or three more times. <laughs> no, and I th- I think that's okay. I think that's okay because it's listen. I we talked about I forget what film we we're talking about recently. We we're talking about how many layers that film had, and I do think this film has so many different layers that it's it's hard to take it all in on one watch. And for those who don't know, following the death of publishing tycoon Charles Foster Kane, reporters scrambled to uncover the meaning of his final final utterance, Rosebud. I, I do think it's I do think it's quite layered. I think there's a lot going on, both both filmmaking wise. I think there's so much happening, mm-hmm. and for the story, I think there's a, a lot happening. Death. It recaps his entire life, and it's not. Oh. And it's not. It's not a boring life whatsoever. No, no, no. It's it is not at all. And I gotta say, from a filmmaking point of view, like I, I'm looking into getting it writing this feature right now and i'm currently writing a pilot so i'm definitely looking at things from a from a writing point of view but to see a film start with like a solid 10 minutes of this is like what he dies mm-hmm. <laughs> he dies and then it start with 10 minutes of this was his life and literally after the sequence it's the end like they tell you what this movie is from like from the get-go they go mm-hmm. this is it it's his life and i thought that was really clever because it didn't feel you know it was obviously a newsreel that was playing that you know i guess a video eulogy or you know whatever you well, want to call it yeah not only was it a newsreel it was a newsreel being made by his, by his like, yeah board of directors or whoever his his people making yeah. a summary of his life yeah I, and i actually didn't even, i didn't even really put that together because that must have been a like because of the role the, the newspaper had in his life i yeah yeah i just didn't think about that but yeah i thought that was a brilliant way to introduce us to this character and then to have this reporter kind of go around and you know the, the same uh people that we saw in that video eulogy tell their you know their points of view of of their uh life with with mr kane or as he's credited just kane it was great i just thought of kane from wwf oh yeah are they all uh inspired by orson wells you think yeah yeah i i think uh, i think big daddy kane was like you know who was a badass the guy who who sold his son reluctantly he was actually the reluctant one though it was like the, it was like the mom who was just like get him take him take him i i got it i got it dan i'll let you go first just, just give me some like your, your initial thoughts regarding the film all right i oh my god there's so much <laughs> i think the storytelling was amazing like to go into that detail and see this transformation like he starts off as this kid living on the prairie essentially yeah and then he kind of more or less becomes a monster like this egomaniac who's literally controlling the world with his news and declaring wars left and right and living this showboaty playboy lifestyle but then by the end he has some shreds of humanity left in him he's not a complete monster see i think i i do i do think i do think the entire time and and you know like we can all become psychologists through you know through watching this film right and we can definitely argue that the entire time was him getting back at the people who took him away from his family and mm-hmm. 
listen, I, I, I don't, I don't think Rosebud was some miraculous reveal personally. Like I, I don't, I, I, I just don't, I just don't, I don't think it was the gasp moment of it all. I, I did, maybe because I just, I've always known about the damn slud. I've known yeah. about it since before I ever saw the film. So maybe it was just the, the, it just ruined it for me. But I thought, yeah, like of course he wants to go back to. Yeah, you know, he wants he the, wants that he wants that life. And before he was sold off to a banker, which I'm the details of that I'm still super unclear about. <laughs> yeah, I, I rewound that scene so many times because I was like, "Am I missing something? Is this something that happened?" Like, they just. I understand that he was, like, guardianship controlling the the money that his family had come into, but. I guess that has to involve buying kids. I don't. I don't understand it fully. It, it, it just. It doesn't make sense because it, what it sounds like. It, it, listen, and we, you and I are probably just being really, really dumb. And I admit that sometimes I'm not paying attention to every single thing. But, but it, it just seemed like a. It seemed like a mismatch kind of deal. Like the parents got paid, and then this kid becomes a millionaire. That's, it kind of seems like everyone wins except for the banker. I forget his name. You know what I mean? Who's just then yeah. giving money to this kid. If I had to imagine, anyways, I'll, I'll look it up and we can harp on about it. But right, right, exactly. So yeah, I, I just, I just don't, I, I don't think that was a big deal, and I, I think it makes sense that this guy was angry. Like everything, mm-hmm. everything terrible that he may have done was honestly. And if this movie was made today, we would definitely see, get in more detail about you know the terrible, terrible things he, he's done. But it was all relating back to the idea that he just wanted to play outside with his fucking sled with his family. He was completely he wanted, fine living this dream. And like, I appreciate that. I just don't... I Listen, I, I'm just going to say this. I feel like I'm, I feel like my energy's down. I'm going to say this. I, I really enjoyed this film. Oh, I liked it too. I, I thoroughly I, enjoyed it. The... The way in which they told the story, I loved. The it's, interviewing people absolutely. and flashing back and going through these very intricate, drawn-out flashbacks to the point where you almost forget whose perspective you're seeing. Yeah, And then you jump back to the present, these interviews that this journalist is doing, and it really starts to piece together who this guy was. And I and I think and I think we get to see. I can't say that this film originated anything. Like I just don't know much about the like the behind the scenes. But this movie being at the top of everyone's list, I can only imagine that it spawned so many movies. Um, I, and I keep forgetting on. that it's 1941. Correct. That is so long ago for for a movie so like this, ago. a movie of this scale and this type of storytelling. And honestly, like the the content as well. I mean, I imagine that's honestly, pretty crazy for 1941. Like, what are the movies? The Wizard of Oz was out. Uh, <laughs> Gone with the Wind. You want to go? What was out? <laughs> well, I'm like trying to think of what else. What other movie? What did people think movies were at this time? Right, 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 right. Musicals. I mean, this movie. This movie Talkies did not do very well at box office. When it was first released, it didn't do very well at the box office. So, I mean, I I think it was a bit too much. And I understand. Like, I I, I think, like, even right now, 80 years later, you and I are sitting here like, <laughs> we need to watch this movie again and again and kind of analyze what's going on. 
So I, I don't think the simpler minds, and I just mean simple in like the way of living, the simpler minds of 1941 were like, you know what? I, like, I get it. I get what my man Arson Wells is trying to do here. So I think it's hard. I think it's hard. Making movies is hard. I, I do Making like that. I feel like the the line that summarizes who Kane was, I think he says it a couple times. It's something along the lines of, I would have been a, a, a good man had I not been rich. Absolutely. I think it really spoke it, it to like, his humanity. I, I, I honestly can't get over the fact that I, I can. I, listen, we, we we've seen what these people do. We've seen what these what, what rich people with kind of broken like you know broken souls can do. Like we have a president who essentially lived this life. Oh, like, there, you know are, I mean? there were so many parallels between real life. I was like, oh, Bloomberg, Trump, all right, these right, right. ridiculously rich, seemingly rich, powerful people who are like, hey, I'm rich, so I get to do whatever I want and control narratives. Right. I, and the, I, I don't know. The device of the interviews made it. I was excited. I was excited to move on to the next person. Like, like you mm-hmm. said, I we were in one person's point of view, kind of telling us what it was going on. And at some point, I, for some people, I would just forget who, who we were talking to, and we would come back, and I was like, "Oh yeah, this person." And I was like, "Oh man, I, now I gotta know about you know this other person that's going on, like the wife. What's up with the wife?" Blah blah. Oh, by the way, I was convinced he killed his first wife. They they really glossed over that. There, there was just no part in the movie. Like it, it was mentioned in the beginning that you know the first wife and the kid died in a car accident, but I was just convinced that that you know they were murdered. Like we we don't talk about her. We don't. We she just mentioned once. Mentioned once. They got a divorce. They were done. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I absolutely think like this spawned a lot of inspiration for a lot of movies. And I, I definitely can already see things that I'll try to steal from this movie in terms of the way it was told the way it was told uh story-wise well, yeah, yeah, look, look. yeah the greatest movie because that's i think I don't. I don't i don't think that's <laughs> absurd to say yeah as far as like the the general consensus goes sure i think a lot of people would consider it the single greatest movie to, to even even now in 2020 Okay, to answer your question seriously, because I, I, I did say, I was like, I, I don't think this is the greatest movie. But if I, 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 also, I disagree, but enough people say it that we really have to think about, like, why? <laughs> if, if, I had to, if, I had to be, if I had to be serious and give this some actual thought, I would say, I would say it, it's like the sum of this movie is made up by its parts, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't realize, like, there are three people playing Kane, right? And like, there's a child, there's Orson Welles, and I think there's one other person as far as the credits go. So I think the acting, I think the acting itself was something to be seen. I don't think we, I don't think we saw actors play like three generations, of like you know, you know, you know, three, three. I don't know, like, de- like decades of themselves of their characters. I, I think music and makeup. I think all of that was such a big deal. And, and then, like I said, just the idea of telling a story out of order. Like, listen, we give Quentin Tarantino and Pulp Fiction such a, like, like it, people, like, film geeks love Pulp Fiction oh, yeah. for what it does with dialogue and not being linear. And this was a film that 
probably again probably of the first i can't i can't say the first but maybe the maybe the first one that was like really popular in the hollywood system that was like we're not going to do a linear story we're, we're mm-hmm. going to tell you everything up front and then take you back and like play with time in ways that i don't think was was a thing before yeah they like and they like, ration out detail exactly Exactly. And I, th- I think I think we I think we jump around with like he's a very evil man to like, oh, he's a guy. And I, I don't know if you felt this way. Maybe maybe I did just because, you know, I, I knew what Rosebud was, but I, I go from like loving him and hating him. Maybe not like maybe not I, I can, maybe not even that extreme on either end, but like being like, oh, my God, this guy is gross. Like, why do we care about this guy dying to like, like of course, See, the man's just trying to live a life. And I think his like his relationships were his relationships were bad because they were bad. And I, I think it's a, like, sorry, his relationships were bad because any because of any other reason, anybody else's relationship would be bad. You know, he cared about work too much. He cared about proven points too much. And he had an audience that I think when you grow up with an audience, you're forced to feel like you have to do something with it. And for him, his objective was to initially burn stuff down mm-hmm. the same way and, the same way a lot of hollywood kids do right like they feel yeah. like they grow up in a spotlight and anyways go on i mean i i can't help but separate or i can't help but not separate orson wells from the role of kane because in the movie kane gets his fortune at age 25 and like i said orson wells was 25 26 when this movie was made and released yeah so there's a strong parallel between that young Kane, when he first gets the paper and he's living it up and, and harnessing this this power of this, he's building this empire. And you can't help but see Orson Welles doing the same in his filmmaking and acting. And he's like coming into his own and he's got a strong sense of confidence, almost cockiness. Sure, but it's not... Sure. It's not undeserved. It's not. It's not really that absurd because you're like, oh, right. you're actually like, you're on your way. <laughs> like you may not be the best, but you're you're getting there. What do you What do you think? Why, like, why do you think this has been like regarded as a top film? I don't know. <laughs> I, no, think, I, I think. I think. Okay. No, I know it. It is a. It's a hard. It's a hard question to to parse out because. It's definitely because I I I agree nothing like this was no movie like this was made at the time. I think in the, mm. the 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 way in which they told the story or the scale. I think also the fact that it was dealing with current issues. I know it was strongly based on William Randolph Hearst and a few other news and media barons and and at this time there's like i mean we have them now with with bezos and zuckerberg we have these people who kind of own and run empires and these giant almost monopolies i think it would be the same as if a movie came out today with uh, uh, a zuckerberg and painting him not in the best light I mean, I, I, you, you, I think you hit the nail right on the head. Look, like, look what Social Network did. Like, yeah. if the Social yeah. Network did anything, <laughs> it is. It, it is. I mean, great. I probably should watch that again. It's a great film. But if it did anything, it was very much like Citizen Kane. 
Mm-hmm. I, and I don't mean, and I certainly don't, like, I feel like I'm going to piss people off by saying that, but, it, but, but just like the way you discover a character and the way, like the way this film discovered a character is very similar to what Aaron Sorkin did. Yeah. Um, and you can argue the differences, but, but I think, I think that heart and that spirit is still there. Do you think he was a good person? <laughs> oh, I thought you got to say Mark Zuckerberg. And I was like, I, I honestly can't oh. tell you. Do I think Kane is a good person? I think. Like we we discussed how yes, a I lot do. of it was circumstantial, and he was, I I think at the heart of it, trying to reach this innocence, this this time that he once was happy, just playing with his sled. Parts where I, he he gets a little power hungry, you can tell. Exactly, but like his run, his political run, it seems pretty pretty genuine. He doesn't seem like sure he cheats on his wife. That's more of a like personal flaw, right? Which but we all his, have. Like we all have yeah, those yeah. abilities, right? He's he's only human, but his his run for governor, he seems like pretty genuine about his his platform of wanting power for people and getting rid of what he calls the fascist, the other governor, Gettys. Yeah, Gettys. John is it John Gettys? No, I, I I do think he's a good guy. I think I I think he was good as a child, and his innocence was kind of taken away from him. And I think part of him is really trying to hold on to it. I think I think a lot of him is trying. I mean, obviously, I, I I said that, but obviously he's trying to hold on to that innocence and get back to that place. And I I wonder what would have happened had he gone instead of meeting the singer, you know, his his you know affair and second wife soon to be second mm-hmm. wife had he just gone back to his mom's storage you know or whatever it was and saw that sled and saw the things that he either missed out on you know his parents either gathered while he wasn't there or you know that stuff when he was a child because mm-hmm. at this point if i could be completely wrong but his collecting phase was blooming but maybe he would have had more of a more time to be able to connect with that person that he wanted to be because i do yeah. think i do even think that when he was with the second wife and i'm sorry i forgot her name no, alexander kane uh, struggling opera singer because <laughs> she didn't want to be also i don't uh, shitting at her she seemed like a good singer i don't i don't i thought she was I, real decent i was like listen i'll admit it the the iconic scene where he's watching her and the the light is only showing on his face and everything else is in oh darkness god, god. And then he he starts wow. clapping and he stands and he's the only person left clapping. There are so many yeah. scenes like that where I've either seen them before or I've seen them referenced before, but seeing them actually in context of the film, I'm like, oh, this is a wonderful shot or wonderful shot, wonderful I... scene, wonderful sequence. The the cinematography was incredible, and I, I will argue, I will, I will argue that the shadows. The shadows and the light, right? Because you can't have one without the, the other. Mm-hmm. The shadows and light are are such a character in a film. I, I, I would call this a drama. I wouldn't call this a thriller or mm-hmm. anything else. But yeah. it, it allows itself to be... I, I think so many times we saw we saw Kane wrapped in shadows, wrapped in light. Sometimes all together, sometimes both at once. And... I, I don't know. I was just reading the scene as like as like his internal struggle. I think if you just watch the movie without any sound, you'd be able to see exactly what's happening without without even knowing what's going on. Like, do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. I 
I didn't even think of that, but you, yeah, you absolutely could. This could have been a silent movie. I mean, at the time that wasn't, that wouldn't have been so odd. Right. When did talk? I don't, I don't think it would have been odd. I mean, we had, the, no, I don't think it would have been odd, but I think, yeah, I think it's, movies happen. It, it's so much a visual. This is going to sound stupid. It's so much a visual movie or like a visual piece I forget where I was going with that. I agree. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I think I think that's why people like it. I I, I, I do. Th- I don't think a lot of black and white films utilize the fact that they were black and white. And I I, I don't know where we. I, I can only apologize. I don't know where we land on the idea of color films in 1941. Mm-hmm. But you know whether that's a choice or not. I think being able to actually utilize it and be able to really help you tell the story is incredible because we only we only ever see that in like noir films you only ever see that with you know the detective who who goes up to his office and a, a dame comes out of the shadows or like a, a bad yeah. guy comes out of the shadows. you know what i mean or or like, we- or like a hitchcock movie right right where it's really you like it's really i don't know i think it's really used for to be something so specific when in this film it's like no no, no we're gonna we're gonna open up that that lens of it more to be able to show you that what we can do with this. I, I just read that it was, and it, it reminded me of this as well, but remember Rashomon, which we've watched, mm-hmm. but we haven't, it was on our first uh, iteration of the show. And I believe, is it Truffaut? Truffaut said something. I'll try to find that quote, but apologies. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like this comparison between, between Citizen Kane and Rashomon because of just the way they told stories and the, the like the quote, it said quote unquote complexity of the storytelling. And I thought, wow, like we hear about Rashomon all the time. I, I, I definitely hear about Rashomon all the time yeah. uh, in terms of some of the greatest movies. So I, let me ask you a question. Do you think, do you think we want more movies? Like right now, do you think we want more movies that are this complex? Because you think about like Inception or you think about Inception, which is fantastically complicated, but then you think about things like Tenet, which I can't say I, I thoroughly like i loved as much as actually i, did, I didn't like it i, I was like you oh, watched I was that okay movie, you texted me and said i've never <laughs> felt so stupid after watching a movie <laughs> made me only made me want to see it more Tavis <laughs> said the same thing and i was like <laughs> yeah i mean i just i truly just felt as if as if i i, I like complicated i felt like that was over complicated but do you think we live in a world where we want more complicated films because i I don't know. I'm, I'm, just, I'm not just, sure if we do. Just talking about the cinematography, I was thinking we don't really have that now. And not to be that guy where it's like movies nowadays suck because I think we've gotten some of the best movies I've ever seen in the last 10 years. But there is a lack of attention to that very spe- specific production with with literally individual shots let alone scenes as a whole and and the overall aesthetic so i think we are lacking with that but as far as layered complex storytelling i think we're missing it and we don't know it if that makes sense no, I think I think that does make sense, and I and I do think you're right. I think there's something to say. I'm not sure if we ever listen. I'm not. I am not the age of you know, of of the time in which movies began, and hopefully will you know will one day end. But 
I don't the know. End of movies. The end of movies. I, I don't like, I feel like we talk about cinematography when we're talking. Like, I don't feel like we talk about cinematography enough. The same way we don't talk about editing enough. We, we, ne- we never go, oh, that was a good, that was a good edit right there. That was mm. a good cut. Yeah. But I feel like, I feel like we talk about Revenant and go, the cinematography was beautiful. Or we talk about Joker and we go, the cinematography was beautiful. Blade Runner. Like, we, we talk about, we, I, I feel like we, and I, I, I do think it's just an ignorance. And I won't pretend like I am at all the most educated on the subject, but I do think it's a general ignorance on, what a cinematographer does, what an editor actually does, what sound mixing versus sound editing is, you mm-hmm. know, and then sound design. I, I think, I think we, I, I don't think we know enough to be able to point these things out when we really enjoy them. All this to say is, I, I think you're right. I, I, I don't think that these things are. I, I think, I think we're spending money in other places. I, I think. And, sorry, you finish. Sorry. No, I was just gonna uh, say, I, I, th- I think, I think we care. I just don't think we care enough. Go on. I was going to say, I think it's also partially because of technology. Because this was, yeah. again, 80 years ago sure. compared to now. Like, you could shoot, I could shoot a movie that looks fantastic. I could just rent like a red and go crazy. Yeah. But I don't have to worry so much about the blocking or the shadows or you name it because i have a kind of a i have a little advantage because i because technology has come so far so i think that i think it was a matter of necessity having to focus so much having to really pinpoint the shadow i mean again going back to that scene where he's watching susan perform the shadow is so defined on his face mm. that the mm. second he stands up, you can't see his face any longer. Yeah. Like even just him moving a couple inches, he's out of that one sliver of light. And 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 it make it actually like that movement makes it so much more impactful. The fact that he we we are losing his face altogether when he stands up makes it so much more impactful that we just know he's sitting there clapping. Yeah, he's just this looming shadowed figure just going buck wild clapping. I I listen, Dan, I, I couldn't agree with you more that our that our respect to film is is only getting better, but absolutely getting worse. It's getting pushed and pulled by technology. And I, I was just looking, hey, listen, we'll find out so much more when we watch Mink on Netflix, but but you know, just reading that, like Mink turned in like a three hundred page, either three hundred pages of notes or three, a three hundred page script, something like this. Can you imagine? I have never heard of any such director. But look, and I'm not talking about epic films like Lord of the Wing, uh, Lord of the Rings, or Star Wars. Or, you know, so, I'm not mm-hmm. sure how big the Star Wars script was, but Lord of the Rings was was known to be very, very big, but it was cut down to, what, two and a half hours at the Mm -hmm. end of the day? But I've never heard of a script being that large and someone signing off on it. I can't tell you the history of of Orson Welles or or Mankiewicz, but I, I can tell you that you nor I, nor you or I, could ever turn in a 300 page script or even 300 pages of notes and get uh, and get the budget that we wanted. Buddy, I couldn't even write 300 pages. <laughs> I feel like we could if if you and I had the chance to read the script, I feel like we would have an even longer episode of the podcast just on 
the screenwriting of this movie. From what I mean, I've absolutely. seen about the script, it is just as daunting and complex and detailed than the movie, if not more so. I mean, and and listen, like the scripts change from from eighty years ago to now. Like they have absolutely changed. And I, I, I listen, I can't wait for Mink to come out. I can't wait to do similar research because I, I will. I'm really interested. I think I'm now in the, the rabbit hole of trying to figure out why this movie is considered one of the best movies. You're, and, and you're I, in, the, I don't you're in the, rose, the rosebud rabbit hole. I'm the rosebud rabbit hole. I, it, it just, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to disprove anything. It's more I'm trying to understand something because I, I do – and actually, I'll, I'll leave this into my wrap-up now. I, I do think this was a very interesting film for me. And I sat there watching the first 10 minutes, like, looking at the time code going, this is the best opening I've ever seen. And the ending did not hold up to me. Not hold up, but it wasn't, again, it wasn't, like, the shock of my life for this for this big reveal. But, I, I, again, I, I wish I wish I could make a film like this, like, as, as a director, make a film yeah. like this, let alone write a film like this. So... My hats are off to absolutely everyone involved. I feel like what you that. said about what, what you said about the ending. I think that is partially because it's it's in the the lexicon Rosebud um, yeah, yeah. so much that I've never seen this movie, but I I knew it was a sled. I knew it was his childhood memory. It, it wasn't a big yeah. shocker, like I'm sure it was in 1941. But I think it's also because the beginning half the beginning three quarters of the movie is so strong and so complex with these new details that you find out about Kane that it does kind of feel a little flat like honestly when it ended when when they show them throwing the sled into the incinerator right I honestly was like wait, whoa, 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 whoa. I have like another 30 minutes left, don't I? I think that's why I thought it was a three-hour <laughs> movie because it feels like, no, there's there's got to be something else that that can't be it. I mean, I, like, yes, yes. I, I actually felt the same way where I was like, I, I kind of, I, I feel so unsatisfied. I feel like, I feel like there needs to be more. But, but I, I think, I think the kind of the motto is like such is life, right? Like you, you don't get more. Like the fact that we want more is probably much more of a testament to the film drawing us in than like any kind of negative impact, right? Yeah. I like I, I like I don't know what else could have happened. I think I think it's to me. I think it's rather upsetting that someone died and they're like, all right, guess we're gonna burn it. Yeah. Like, also, what? not only burn. And like they're tossing all his collectibles and things that he've he's bought and stored and collected. They're also burning his childhood sled. But uh, all- insane. And like, I, yeah, I, I get that he has he's gone. He has he has no heirs, and I understand that. But what? Sell it? I don't know. <laughs> Auction it? Make a museum? This dude Auction has it. a. They describe Xanadu as the largest private pleasure grove. You can't turn it into a museum. <laughs> Sell it somewhere. I immediately, I immediately thought of like some like sex palace because we have a pleasure chest in New York. I immediately thought of like a sex palace, and I was like, "Yo, my man's a playboy." And then come later, learned that he was just a really old man trying to live. <laughs> I don't know. Again, we we can get into the whole idea of him collecting things. Listen, you know what? We can get- I realize the reason this might be the great or one of the greatest movies ever made is because you could talk at length 
about such minute details about this movie. Like, I honestly probably could record a podcast with you just about his collecting. Or just about just about Xanadu. Or just about his his running of the newspaper. Like that there are so many things about this character, about the story, that once you start to unpack, they really unravel at such a rate that you don't realize how complex it actually is. Wow, it took 40 minutes for me to realize that this is a pretty great movie. (laughs) And and, and I will will agree with you wholly, but let me ask you a question. Do you think that you and I could drum up a 12-part podcast audio drama about Kane plotting to kill his first wife and child? (laughs) Maybe not 12 parts, but definitely multiple parts. (laughs) All right, how about a Netflix four-part drama? Netflix, if you're listening. Um, Listen, Dan, I I feel like I've exhausted all of my words currently. Honestly, without going on and on and without having any kind of additional four weeks of research on this film, because I do feel like we can talk about this forever. But all that said, I absolutely think this is required watching. And there is nothing anyone can tell me about that that's different. And I I do think this is different from some of the other movies. Like, I, I, I do genuinely think this movie's great. I think there's a lot to learn in almost all aspects of filmmaking from this film. And I'm just going to say it. I think it was really entertaining, if not confusing, like kind of like how you mentioned on the first watch, we're like, I got to watch this again. Because how often, like when we watch Get Out, like or, you know, any other horror movie where like mm. we have a big twist, you go, I need to watch that again to really understand what I just saw. And I do think, I do think immediate rewatch, the urge to watch a movie again is is a beautiful thing because it just makes you it just tells you how drawn in you were yeah i'll be honest maybe halfway through there was a point in the movie where i was like i i think when i when i talked to trey i think i'm gonna say this isn't required like i i i don't want to be a well, i can't even think don't. of the word i don't want to intentionally <laughs> don't just be a roger ebert dude yeah i don't want to just shit on it for the <laughs> sake of shitting on it but honestly, having unpacked it a little more with you, I yeah, I think this is required watching. If, if only just as a history lesson of filmmaking, as a as a a lesson in storytelling and how to really really delve into a character to the point where honestly, I could record several podcasts just on the character alone, let alone the entire movie, let alone the script, let alone the blocking and lighting. There are so many elements of it that as I talk about it, I start to ramble in a way that I'm like, oh, this is only because it's so good that I could talk at length about it. It's an absolutely beautiful thing. I'm happy I'm happy to have convinced you because you've definitely done that to me on multiple occasions <laughs> where I was like, fuck this film. And then you were talking and I was like, I think I think yeah, I don't think it's the single greatest movie ever made. Like oh, a no, lot of people don't make it out to be. But I don't know, maybe a couple more watches. It might become that for me. Who knows? But listen, once you see yeah, once you see Mank. I'm saying I'm I'm really plugging this movie as if there's some sort of sponsor. I I don't know what this movie's I know what it's about, but I have no idea if it's going to be good or not. But I'm definitely using it as well as my uh, platform to 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 know more about the movie. Anyways, listen. 
that's that's our show for the week. It it was a big one, Dan. I appreciate I appreciate you bringing it up to the list again, and I'm happy we finally did it. We've got some big ones on the way. We've got some big ones on the way for sure. But I'm happy to tackle these because uh, it's it's always a pleasure talking to you about these films. Likewise. That that said. Listen, I'm just going to end it. Look, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. You know where the links are in the description. Trey Epps at Instagram and Twitter. Dan, you are where? I'm at Danny Taverner at everything. And listen, we're required watch on everything as well. So hit us up there and send us emails and messages and all that good stuff. Listen, Thanks for tuning in. Listen, we're counting down, Dan. I, yeah. I, I won't drag this on too long, but I'm actually sad the year is coming to a close. So, all right, I mean, bye. bye <laughs> all right, until, until next week, my man. <laughs>